looking to get your question answered then tell me what is the price that you're willing to pay to hear it get answered you'll see ladies and gentlemen welcome to the vigilante 939 podcast my name's nick zenick and i am joined by nico caruso daddy batman himself nicholas caruso senior and this gentleman is the maverick to my goose He's one half of the best bromance that you're currently seeing on Twitter. And if this guy is Batman, then I'm certainly Robin. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Garrett Grubb here. Garrett, how you doing, man? I'm great. That's uh, beyond kind. Um, you know, Nick, I've appreciated uh, uh, the kind words you have to say. And, um, you know, my buddies always, you know, refer to you as my number one fan, which is just so wild because I'm just a dude that loves talking about the things I like. And, um, yeah, I, I love being on the show because you guys uh, kind of really are, you do the thing I like to do is just talk with each other about the stuff you like and the stuff that gets you excited and share that enthusiasm with your audience. So man, consider me a fan of you guys. Um, and uh, yeah, man, Twitter bromance forever. Thanks for having me on the show. You're the man. Welcome. Um, very, very kind words from you as well. And we, we wanted to have you on. I know we've been trying to have you on for a long time now, and I'm great. So g- happy to say that we finally do. And um, we see a lot of you in us as well, so I think we're about to have a really fun conversation today. How about – do you got something open with that? Or you yeah, something? absolutely. <laughs> and uh, as, long as, uh, as long as he doesn't see Nick Zednick, um, if you see him in town, then I'd get a little worried. But otherwise uh, – <laughs> <laughs> also, Nick shows up. I'm on a yeah. walk. I'm like, isn't that Zednik over there? With yeah, him? I know he's your number one fan, but uh, I don't think you have anything to worry about. But uh, it's no, all man, good. I feel very safe. Good. You know? and, and I should say this too, man. We were talking a little bit before we hit record. You know, I, I I'm a father, and I've got uh, four boys I'm raising up, and they're they're all big superhero fans. I just think it's so cool. You know, um, what you guys do on the show as a father and son, like that's a really nice element. That you know, it's kind of unique enough where you guys just get a, a pretty cool flavor for this show i've been watching or listening to you guys uh, i should say grow this podcast and kind of um mature and develop as podcasters and it's awesome it's a great place to jump on and thanks for the guest spot oh thank you that's very kind of you to say and it, it, it really makes it all worth it man thank you so much thank you man. thank you wow that was that was awesome that was awesome all right zeddy what do we got today well, you know, there's there's so much going on in the world right now. So, we uh we left the power to the people yet again, and we are doing a Q&A part 4. So, the first one we got, guys, is the announcement that DC Universe is now switching over to digital comics only, and it is now going to be called DC Universe Infinite. So, how do you how do you guys feel about the uh, transition of DC Universe to DC Universe Infinite? I would like to throw it to our special guest first. What do you think, G? Well, you know, um, I got on the DC Universe pretty early. I didn't do the pre-order uh, because I wasn't thinking ahead, and I should have because there's actually a pretty good deal on it if you pre-ordered with a year. Um, but I got on early enough that there were still some good offers on it, um, and I've really enjoyed it. I'll be honest, I'm not a digital comics guy necessarily, uh, which it makes me sound like, you know, the old guy on his porch, you know, like get off my lawn sort of deal. But it's not because I, I, I dislike them. I just really prefer and enjoy the process of reading a physical copy. But, uh, you know, I don't have an infinite back catalog and I'm kind of a uptight collector about how I, how I store and maintain my comics. So having the option to go back and read through a you know, story arc, maybe from the 80s, if I feel like going back and 
reading something that I don't have in trade paperback and I don't want to get my physical copy out or I, or I don't have that physical copy. I think that's a cool option to still be there. Um, and, you know, I think uh, HBO Max is doing a really nice job um, from a streaming platform standpoint and seeing, you know, the video titles go over to that platform and kind of comics and expanded back catalog of comics on DC Universe Infinite. Uh, is a fine option. You know, I, I can't say I'm the biggest fan of it, but I don't think no one's going to get left out or, or get, uh, you know, they're, they're not going to um, be missing value out of DC Universe Infinite. I was glad to kind of hear that they're expanding the comics and um, you're going to have more access to that. So that kind of justifies having that another, <laughs> another monthly subscription, right? I don't know how many I need, but I've got, yeah. <laughs> That's but, for sure. I think they'll keep me around. I think so too. Yeah, you know what? I, I have to echo you. I'm I'm just like you, Garrett. I I'm not I'm not a big fan of digital comics, but lately, it's working out well because there's so many things that I want to go back in and read, and I always make these lists of collected editions and whatnot. And I'm like, my God, I'd have to spend like three thousand dollars to get everything I want to get. So I think this makes perfect sense. Um, I think it was only logical that the television shows were going to migrate over to HBO Max. They're going to be in good hands there, I think. And my only wish is that, and it seems like it's going to be, is that just recently, about two weeks ago, I joined, what is it, Marvel Unlimited, right? And I was very impressed with their setup. And they pretty much have everything on there. Like I was looking up the Tomb of Dracula and Werewolf by Night, and I was blown away that they have those entire series. And when I look on DC Universe, for some reason, it really irritates me that there's like key Batman issues missing. Mm. And there's Justice League issues that are missing. So I'm going to be on it. They're going to have me as a subscriber. My only wish is that they fill in the gaps and kind of make sure everything's more complete. But um, I'm all in. It was logical. It was the right move. We're going to get our TV shows on HBO Max. And they just need to tighten up, I think, the, uh, the digital comics a little bit and give us a little bit more than what is currently on there now. You know, it's kind of funny um, thinking about this. And I know you guys uh, listen and interact with a lot of the same guys I, I listen to or interact with or, or you know, guest on their shows, too. Uh, this is actually going to make it easier for me and any future appearances with Ryan Lauer's uh, The Batman Book Club, because sure. there are, to your point, you know, there are times that I went on DC Universe to read a book that, or see if there was a book that I could read and then talk about with Ryan. And it just was one of the ones that wasn't in the circulation right there, right? Yep. So having more of that available is going to be great and open up a bunch of possibilities. And it's just going to be, you know, I think going back to, you know, what I said about having these boys that I'm raising as superhero fans to have a greater ability to go back and find kind of key issues that I could read with my eight-year-old or something like that. You know, I think that's, that's going to be yeah. cool. Um, yes, 100%. And, and so I think in the announcement, they kind of allude to that, that they're going to, that there's going to be more content down there. So I'm, I'm certainly hoping they do fill in those gaps. Um, it, like, just like you said, like I, I went to go find the very first issue I bought, which was Batman 262 back in April of 1975. And I was like kind of shocked that it wasn't on there and that there were, there were a couple maybe four or five different issues from that era that for some reason, and I don't know why they're not on there. It's, it's pretty strange, but hopefully, hopefully they'll fill that gap. That's um, man. I feel like I should know what issue that is for some reason. It is the, uh, is it a scarecrow? scarecrow trail of fear. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was, that was the very first issue. We're getting off subject here now. Cause no, I'll, I'll no, tell no, that story no, someday, no, but cool. it's bad you know, day. for me, for me, it's like one of my greatest memories. And I know we were going to talk about this later. Maybe I'll get mine out of the way. But I was a 10-year-old kid, and they had a um, – it was called Golden's Drugstore. And it was like literally three blocks from, from my house here in Westchester, Illinois. And I used to go in there like maybe a couple times a week to get candy. And I went in there on this one Wednesday, and they had the big – you know, picture like a, a, a CVS or a Walgreens, but less modern, a little more old school – picture the 70s and the spinner rack caught my attention for the first time and the very first thing I saw in the spinner rack was this Batman issue number 262 and the cover is it's scary it shows Batman and the scarecrows on a roller coaster and it's in the kind of the dark and the blue or whatnot 
And man, that thing just caught my eye. And my memories of Batman at that time was, was simply the television show, which was, everybody knows it was great. We all probably grew up on that, but it was very campy and it was comedic and whatnot. So I picked up this issue. I think, I can't remember. It was a, it was a giant issue. It was like 50 cents. So instead of getting candy, I got the comic. I ran home and I read this thing and it was by Denny O'Neill. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it, right and it, was, and it was, it was just kind of a darker, it, I had never experienced Batman in this fashion before. It was a dark, gritty crime story. And the Scarecrow blew me away because I'm like, is this the Scarecrow from the Wizard of Oz? Like, what is this? Who is the Scarecrow? I had no idea who he was. And, you know, the interaction with Commissioner Gordon. And it was such, as a 10-year-old, I felt like I was reading this adult piece. Like, it it was just very different from anything I knew of Batman. And so I'm going to end it right here because I could talk forever on the story. But that started the whole thing to why I'm sitting here with you guys talking to you now. It was the beginning of like one of the greatest relationships I've had in my life with fiction. And uh, I could, I could, you know, it's just, it's just an amazing time. And it's such a feel good thing when I think about it, how it happened. Needless to say, I didn't miss a Wednesday at the drugstore, at the spinner rack for the next five to seven years till the drugstore eventually closed. And then I started going to comic shops and subscribing. But anyway, that's my, I'll get that out of the way and let you talk, son. I'm sorry to ramble there. No, no, you're fine. It's all good. Um, I think you guys cover the comics actually really, really well. So I, I'm kind of going to talk about uh, how I feel about like the rest of the content. Um, I'm really happy that uh, all the shows are going to move to HBO Max because I think for the longest time that app, it it never was able to be kind of what they said it was going to be and what people wanted it to be. Uh, I, I think due to trying to jumble all this content and at the same time, I was always like, there are some great shows on that streaming service that not many people would watch or get to see. So the fact that they're going to go to HBO Max, which is larger, probably larger budgets, maybe the audience can become a lot more widespread. So, so I think it's a good move now that they've kind of separated the shows from the comics and that I think the comics from a digital standpoint, like you guys are talking about, are really going to thrive now in this new way of doing it. The catalog should grow. I think the delay is only six months now, so you'll be able to get the newer stuff sooner. Um, especially if you're someone who's trying to jump in pretty recently. And then I, I think all the shows going to HBO Max is a great move. And I bet the actors are a lot more happy too, that now they're going to get a lot more exposure. So Zednik, wrap us up here. What do you think about this move? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. On the, I think it's a smart move in the long term, to be honest, uh, because part of my frustration with DC Universe as a whole was the lack of investment that I felt that Warner Brothers didn't plan into it. Like, when you look at, like, Disney+, Plus with all the movies and stuff that they have on there, the one thing that DC Universe had over all these other streaming services was that they had comics along with all the animated, all the live-action stuff. And then it just felt like they just didn't have enough care at some point. Um, so I think the smart move is migrating all the television live action stuff to HBO Max. I think that's where it belongs. And I like that they're just having it be comics only. Um, My hope is that they eventually turn it into a bundle with HBO Max. Uh, I would definitely pay into that. And I like that, like even like a book like The Penguin Affair, which I never even read before that I can find on DC Universe. So I'm looking looking into stuff like that, that stuff that I never read before that I know is always going to be within a few buttons that's a great run too penguin affair is a great storyline it's it's one of the ones that i think um i think i might have even spoken to it before when i've been on different shows and asked um been asked kind of what's a what's a less heralded run or you know kind of a little bit less well known than some of the majors that people should not miss and penguin affair is definitely one of those and nick i think or crusoe to your point on the exposure on hbo max that's great and i think if it can come with a um you know, Titans, for example, if it allows Titans to sort of grow and maybe uh, 
improve where some of the writing, in my opinion, hasn't been as on par as I want it to be. Then totally agree with you. It, <laughs> it adds that sort of HBO pedigree to it, which I think could really help these things breathe and develop and thrive in the future. So great point. Yeah, I agree. I agree. If, 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 if they can just undo what awfully happened to Donna Troy, I think we'd be fine for season three. <laughs> <Right>. but, uh, <laughs> the, the, I'm, I'm oh, surprised man. that she's willing to come back. Cause well, I would not be. Well, wouldn't you guys say too, like, I mean, HBO max should, should step it up from where it's been. Just, just the name, the level of it. It should. So I think so. I hope so. All right. Zenda question number two. All right, gentlemen, that one was a little complex. So I'm going to throw you guys a little softball here. Thank this you. one comes from Emmett Davis. You can find him at Emmett Davis 7. Who's he? Great dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Is that the Canadian? The Canadian. It's one of the Let's Go Canadians. I feel like they, uh, <laughs> Justin's go Canadians. got a whole gaggle of Canadians. <laughs> oh, the North. Man of the North. Man of the North asks, oh, 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 yes, yes. Over here, please, yes. Um, Thank you for taking my question. Long-time listener here. What's your favorite Batman theme? Batman the Animated okay. Series, Batman 89, Nolan, BVS, and no Zendik. You cannot choose the Batman. I'm glad he put that in there. Well, I mean, there's something in the way of the last part of your message, so I don't understand that one. We'll throw it to Garrett again. Garrett, what's yours? I mean, you can't beat, in my opinion, Danny Elfman, 1989. You know, I, I love the animated series theme, and it is its own thing, right? I think there's a lot of people over there that, uh, around that kind of think they just use the Elfman score, but it is its own thing. But because Elfman just, man, it's iconic, right? And, and um, you know, my first experience with Batman as a more mature um, character with some darkness to it was Tim Burton's 1989 Batman and a huge part of what you know set the tone and feel for that movie was the score and Elfman just I think crushed yeah. it and it's when I think of Batman you know I, I hear Kevin Conroy's voice but I it, from a musical standpoint I hear the Elfman score so that's my choice. That's beautiful. Yeah, there, there's no doubt you know <laughs> I, I, I wanted to try to be original here and stuff but I mean you cannot argue that 89 theme and uh i went and listened on youtube there's like an eight minute piece that i listened all the way through and it's just to me it is i think of batman i think of that theme i can remember as a i guess 24 year old seeing that movie in the theaters with my two friends who who didn't like comic books mm -hmm. had no idea that i was a comic book guy um and just their euphoria not only with the movie but with the score so it is Batman 89, hands down for me. Yeah, and I, I, I think what's cool about this question, what, what I assume is, is going to happen in Zenek and I's case, is it, it really seems like kind of the theme, one of the first themes you were exposed to. And at the time when your um, explosion of the character is happening kind of seems to be the one to define yourself. Love the 89 theme, love the animated series theme. But for me... It's what Hans Zimmer did for Christopher Nolan only because like from 2005 to 2012, specifically from 2008 to 2012 is the way I got into Batman at that time and dove in so much. It's just that, that ending Hans Zimmer score, especially at the end of the dark Knight when he's riding off mm. and Jim Gordon is giving his speech to his son about him and what he has to be. It's just, I'll always, remember that and for I, I know the dark knight rises hasn't um aged too too well for too many people but i still really do enjoy the way they wrap it up and the score that kicks in at the end to end the film one last time i i think is great so it's nolan's for me just because that, that's when i exploded into the batman world and i have him and that theme to kind of thank for it um but i really like how it's like what we were exposed to earlier is kind of what defines i think it's awesome zenick i have a feeling you're nolan too or am i wrong i you i usually can call what you're gonna say <laughs> the cool part about this one is there really is no long answer to oh be of course quite honest. yeah so part of me wants to choose the batman the animated series just because it's the like very first batman thing that i remember having been ingrained into my mind and it's just always the first theme that pops into my mind when I think of Batman, but there's something about that Molasses theme in Batman Begins by Hans Zimmer. 
that it's just so hard not to choose from. So it's like a one and one anything for me, but I'm probably going to have to just lean more toward Batman the Animated Series. It, 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 to your point, there's really no bad answer with what no, you have yeah. out there. The Zimmer score is fantastic. I listen to it, you know, pretty regularly. And, I, you know, what it did was um, I think that the choice in Zimmer to score that film to kick off what would become the Dark Knight trilogy um, was really an intentional choice to bring something unexpected to the character as it's been on the big screen. Because well, everything else that they delivered with the character in that, in that trilogy was different than what people had come to expect. This was not going to be the Burton universe or the campy, you know, Schumacher universe. Um, it was going to be its own thing. And it was, you know, stirring in a way that the story was stirring and it, and it reflected the themes. So it's an excellent choice. Um, you know, we're lucky as Batman fans, there's no bad answer on that one. I, and the one coming up, the one coming up sounds pretty good too. So yeah, it does. Yeah. You know, who knows? Maybe, maybe a year and a half or two years. Whenever we're lucky enough to see that movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's I love that yeah. so much. Shout, uh, great shout out to Emmett. Great question, yeah. man. Um, Zenik, what do we got next? All right. Well, there's something not in the way of this question. So, Chris Evans. Yep, that one, or maybe not. That Chris Evans zero asked, <laughs> uh, who's your picks for the Joker when, if he shows up in the Reeves universe? Oh, uh, I'm going to go to Garrett again. Ooh, I'm really curious to see uh, who you say, because we've kind of talked about this before. So I feel like I know who we're all going to say, but who do you think, Garrett, if you have one? You know, it, it, it's funny. I, I haven't. I haven't thought a ton about this yet, um, but there's been a name that's been on my uh, list of actors I think could really take the character in an interesting place. And it's Ryan Gosling. Um, and you might say, Ryan Gosling, where the heck is that coming from? Um, Ryan Gosling, and now I'm going to forget the name of the movie. One, he's an outstanding actor, uh, just really pretty yeah. outstanding. I think physical, you know, and that's not the most important thing. Heath Ledger was a fantastic Joker, but doesn't fit with the physical facial characteristics that people were expecting at the time were. Mm -hmm. But even um, back then I thought Ryan Gosling would be a good choice for the dark Knight because he was in this movie and it's going to drive me nuts. Now I shouldn't bring it up if I don't, if I can't speak to it. He was in a movie with Sandra Bullock where he played a teenage like sociopath killer. Oh, and like, oh my gosh. I that's a great movie. I can't think of the name either, but I know what you're talking about. Okay, well, we'll have to find it by the end Gotta of the episode. It. I'll think of it. But I'm like, this dude's got range and he's so creepy. This is just like, he's really digging in. I think he could do something incredibly well as the Joker and, um, you know, can have an intimidating presence if you've seen um, uh, <laughs> another movie. I can't remember. The Driver. Yeah, Driver. Um, just, you know, kind of cold-blooded he was the anti-hero in that one but this guy can can do so many great things and he's such a strong actor it would be interesting for him to sort of subvert expectations and and take his acting in a different direction and i think he could have a really cool approach to the character so i'll, I'll go gosling i think that I like movie's it. called murder by numbers yes it is thank you very much it. it's murder yeah. by numbers and he's he's fantastic and he's it, excellent it, every anybody listening you have to watch that movie. i have not seen that yeah. movie i have not seen the movie well, well said i'm actually gonna uh i say zenik take it next oh okay we'll go in the reverse order for us here sure. so i have a few different options because i've been trying to think about this one because on the one hand i feel like i'm okay if the joker doesn't show up in the trilogy because I kind of want to see something a little more different, like have it just be the Riddler, Penguin, and Catwoman throughout the trilogy. Sure. I think that would sure. be cool. Um, but if I had to play devil's advocate, I have a few names that I would kind of like to see. So the first one is Damian Lewis. And if anybody watches Billions on Showtime, you guys will know who I'm talking about. He's a little bit on the older side, but I think if you're only going to use the Joker one or two times, I think it could work. My other two is, sorry, Zednik, is, is he, was he also um, the sort of second, the male lead in Homeland? Yes, yes sir. Yeah. He was Brody. Yeah. He was Brody. Brody. That's that great. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it would be a different take with an older Joker to a younger Batman, but that guy is, uh, he's a heck of an actor too. That's yep. a good yeah. choice. Yeah. Uh, second one is Riz Ahmed, who if you've seen Venom and you've oh. seen Star Wars Rogue One, I can kind of see it. 
And then my last one is a guy that I thought was going to be Batman and I think could could have made a great Batman is Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, in the Nightcrawler, man, he's, yeah. he's really freaking creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like that you went a, a couple different ways there, Zenik. That was awesome. I only have one, and I doubt he would do it because I don't think he wants to get back into franchises, but I, I think he can nail it, and that is Andrew Garfield. Um, I think he's got the chops for it. I think he's got the leaner build, the facial features for it, and – his voice when he does his American accent is a little bit higher. So I think he could do a really cool uh, Joker voice. He's great. A recent thing he's in is he's great and under the silver Lake. And then recently he just dropped a movie on Netflix, I believe, where he is playing kind of like a, a psychotic sociopath that people are saying, like I had that take before, but now I'm seeing some people say like, Oh, he could be like a really good Joker. And I'm like, okay, well, well, that's cool. So there might be something I haven't seen the movie. Don't even know what it's called, but apparently there's a role right now where he kind of feels Joker esque. So I might watch that and agree, or I might watch it and be like, nah, but Andrew Garfield's mine. And I think he would be great. Next patents in they're the same age. Actually, Garfield might be a couple years older, but they're similar. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider-Man and Mysterio. Yeah. Spider-Man and Mysterio. <laughs> Just, just dipping in that Marvel. Well. There you go, right? There you go. Right? You know, yeah. the the I think my forest fetched uh, choice, and this I, people have said this forever. He'd make a great Joker, but and it, I think there's just too much baggage. But Christian Bale could be a hell of a Joker too. Yeah. Oh God, you know? my God, sure he could. Yeah, and I'll tell you <laughs> who also could though is acting. Just watching recently, The Devil all the time and seeing The Lighthouse is not just a foe, but. Too bad he's playing Batman because Rob Pattinson would be a phenomenal joke. It's so funny you say that because he, uh, before this was my number one choice, when for a long time, it seemed like Army Hammer was a given. Yeah. I said yeah. Rob Pattinson is the Joker. And, That's a great um, take, Garrett. Yep. You know, yeah. that, that, that would have been great. And who knows? Maybe Army Hammer could be a heck of a Joker. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? That could be really original if he played Batman and the Joker in the same movie, though. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Can you picture that? So here, so... <laughs> So I don't, I don't see these questions before we do this. So um, I feel like really jokered out right now. I'm reading the Joker War, the three Jokers. I've got Joaquin Phoenix on my mind with the Joker. And I'm listening to you guys. I, I really can't come up with anybody. Um, what I would really like to see, and I know it's never going to happen or it's probably a big improbability, but – Maybe somehow with this multiverse, I still would like to see Joaquin Phoenix. And I know it's, it, it probably can't happen. Um, so I don't know, guys. I, I think you kind of you mentioned it. I think Nick Zednick would be a good joker. I can Nick? see that. Is, is, is that you a know? compliment? That devilish no, 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 of I, I, I'd like to send you – honestly, I think I'd, I'd buy the plane ticket and we could fly off for the screen test, Nikki. We'll get you. The only thing we got to do is I got it. I'm and I'm not a I'm not a tall man either, but we'll get you some higher platform boots. And um, I'm willing to be your agent on this, Mister Zednik. I'll take you out there and see if we can pull this off. I will say you have like the humor and the wit for it. Sure. You got. And you like got to be charismatic, go, yeah. man. You can't have a good Joker without being an engaging dude. So yeah, that's oh, right. Amer- might be your calling, man. One of my favorite movies, man. I you got know? this. Don't worry. <laughs> Nikki, you're you're a little diabolical. I mean, I I'm I'm feeling it right now. That's all. I'm feeling it. Uh, let me offer one follow up then, since we're on the topic. Do you even want to see Joker in New Eve's universe? Yes. You know, I think you have to. I, yeah. I think I think you kind of have to. Um, just because audience expectation is there, it could be a really bold thing to not do it. Um, you know, it, it, and who knows, maybe it's something where it, it, um, it waits and grows. Something tells me we're, we're definitely going to get the Joker. I think it would be kind of cool if we got a Joker that wasn't the necessarily the, 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 the full force of the movie was behind the Joker, but it's almost um, a shadow character, you know, that plays yeah. a role, but isn't the main antagonist at any point where you can feel the weight of how important the character is but the whole story isn't stopping the Joker. It's just involving him in some way. Um, I don't know how you pull it off, but I think if there's a director that can do it, Reeves could probably do it. Yeah, I, I agree with you too. And, and I get the feeling too that it's, and if they'd ever do cast him, it's going to be some obscure 
taller English actor. I don't know. That's just that's just how I feel about it. I think that we, I, I just think the character, he's so big, and all the names we threw around are are great choices. But I I still think it would be someone that's maybe more of a bit unknown or under the radar. But who knows? Sure. Who knows? I mean, even Zednik might be too popular to play the Joker right now. <laughs> Especially, especially on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be the perfect uh, age for it by the time it happens. Yeah. By the time it happens, you can do it. Uh, that's How about Tyler Watner? Taylor Watner. I'm sorry. How about funny? Taylor, Tyler, you say Taylor, I say Tyler. I'm sorry. I made, I made, I made that joke. I, I can't. It might have been on. Uh, might have been on straight out of Gotham. I, I I said that I threw that out there. Um, or it might have been something else we did. But yeah, it was kind of funny. You know, get these guys back pitted sure. against one another again. And Kirsten Stewart is that girl. I think Taylor Lautner probably needs the work these days. So throw the yeah, guy I, I would think so too. Yeah, <laughs> that's beautiful. All right, uh, Zenik, what do we got next? We're moving on beautifully here. All right, you you might have heard of this gentleman, guys. His name's Justin Kowalski. Hey, and you can J find Rock. him at J And we're going to take a little bit of a break from Batman here, guys, because Justin wants to know, are you hoping the Mandalorian season two gets more entrenched in Star Ooh. Wars story like Clone Ooh. Wars or adds to it or both? Hmm. Once again, we got to let our special guest kick it off. He's the man. It's funny. So Justin and I were texting. He uh, had started his Mandalorian rewatch which um which inspired me to do the same thing. I just rewatched the first episode, I think Thursday night. And um, you know, I love the first season, how it really was kind of its own thing. And it was clearly in the Star Wars universe. The DNA was, you know, was was the fingerprints were all over it, but it was kind of its own thing. And that was kind of unique and refreshing in a number of ways. And then as it as the season progressed, it gets more and more, you know, in line with with other things in Star Wars. The the dark saber and you know some of the things mm-hmm. that could tie into clone wars um you know watching the the preview for the new season it looks like we're going to get uh, some jedi showing up in one form or another probably going and looking for the child's uh family or his people they talk about so it feels like it's starting to kind of grow into um the star wars universe in maybe more familiar ways I hope that it is, let me, I'll just say, I hope it's a natural progression. And I think it will be because the audience was so responsive to the Mandalorian for what it was. I don't see them dramatically changing courses and making it a Skywalker adjacent type story Mm -hmm. or anything like that. But I do think bringing in elements that we know from the broader universe, like Jedi is, is going to be cool. I'm excited for that. So I hope it keeps, I think, I hope it keeps its, um, uniqueness in how it does it but i do like the fact that it seems to be growing in that direction yeah i mean i i think it does a great job and i think that i have confidence in in the writers and the the directors that it can maintain its own identity but yet sprinkle in enough stuff in the lore to make it to make it just enough i mean um isn't boba fett supposed to be Apparently. It's, there's a rumor, yeah. right? You know. Yeah, so I mean, huge. look, that's that stuff's really cool, and so I loved everything about the first season. I just think that um, that they don't have to overdo it, and I don't think yeah. they have to force storylines. But I'd be lying to you. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think it will be this natural progression. So, um, yes, I want to see it be its own thing, but just give me a little bit. Maybe give me a lot of it if it's Boba Fett, right? Because that yeah, would be really oh, yeah. cool. I mean, yeah. Um, but I, I don't think they're going to overkill it. I'm happy with uh, – I think it's going to be fine the way it is. Yeah, I I, I really like that um, us three are on the same page for this. And I think Zenik is too. I'm, I'm going to try to anticipate this. So, so to go on a quick tangent real quick is Star Wars was my first love even mm-hmm. way before I found uh, the comic books and these comic book characters. So um, – I I both love and hate what Disney's been doing with Star Wars because when they announced they were picking it back up, like 2014 or whatever, they said they were going to carry on the Skywalker saga and then give us all these anthologies of new things. And what they actually did was the complete opposite. They give us Rogue One, which is just a prequel to New Hope, even though I love that film. 
they give us solo, which I enjoy a lot as well, but now, okay, that's Han Solo again. And so when they did the Mandalorian, I was super excited because it's different and it's a very interesting group of people now. And I love everything about the first season and I do love how they do tie in parts of the world, but it's not like, Oh, here's like, here's all, here's all the people from what the sequel trilogy is going to be like they don't do that it stands on its own really well while also including these elements like the species of the child the dark saber still the last remaining factions of the empire it's great my what what you guys are hoping is great but i'm also afraid it is going to turn into this okay so i think using from what's been speculated I think using Ahsoka, Rex, and Boba Fett are awesome because those are people who have never had their justice in live action, and they're very, very popular characters outside of the mainstream film. So it's beautiful mm-hmm. opportunity, and I think Ahsoka is one, one of the best Star Wars characters ever. I mean that, ever. So the fact that she hasn't been in live action until now is crazy. But what I also see Lucasfilm doing, and Kathleen Kennedy and co., is they're finally after last Jedi and rise of Skywalker. Now they're realizing what everyone wanted. And as we've seen with these other films, Disney is very responsive to the fan base. It's what it's why we got what we got with the rise of Skywalker and the choices that were made. So all of a sudden they realize people love the clone wars. So as much as I'm in for the Obi-Wan show, like I wish when they repicked up star Wars, they just said, okay, we're going to give you the continuation of these characters. We're going to do the Obi-Wan show or film. Now, I know they didn't have the streaming service at the time. It wouldn't, it would have never happened. But so my fear is they go, oh, okay, Ahsoka is going to be like the main character now. And she's going to be with her. Oh, and Rex is going to be on here. So that's my fear. But I will echo what Garrett said. From what we've seen so far, it looks like they're still going to keep it protected. And to echo then what I said is I think with the amount they're going to use, I think it's going to be okay. I kind of rambled there. So Zednik, uh, mm-hmm. go off. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. You guys know that I'm a casual Star yeah. Wars fan. So like when I watched the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian, I loved how self-contained it was. And I love that I was just able to watch it and for the action and the story. And obviously you do need to know some Star Wars when you watch the Mandalorian, but I wouldn't say it needs to be overly crazy for you to enjoy the first season. But my fear is exactly what you guys said, is that because they're continuing it, they're going to go more deeper into the lore. And when you go deeper in the lore, you start to set these expectations. And when you start to set expectations, that's when kind of things go a little little sideways everybody has their way of how things want to go and how they should be so i'm cautiously optimistic that they can pull it off but i i do think it is inevitable unfortunately well said uh, quick selfless plug is i will be covering <laughs> and season two for the let's go podcast so be on the very nice for that. yeah i will i'm jealous of you but that's awesome sorry <laughs> no, you're fine. Plug away, man. Hey, when it's your own show, you get to plug yourself all you That's want. Right. Heck yeah. That's right. Heck yeah. There you go. Uh, all right. We're moving right along, Zeddy. Moving what, along. What next. All right. So this next question comes from Chris ne- Nevis. I hope I'm saying that right. He's at, at Chris Nevis NY. And he asked, if you had a chance to tell a Batman Elseworlds story, what direction would you take it? Ooh. Uh, Nick, before I throw it to Garrett, does, does he specify comic film show or does he just mean like in general? Uh, he just has Elseworlds story. Okay. So Garrett, great question. And what's cool is now you get to interpret it how you will. Which yeah, is cooler. So go right ahead. You know, it's, um, I think this is one of the more challenging questions that you can get asked, honestly, because, uh, and from two different angles, uh, one, for me, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a bit of a Batman purist. Um, and what does that really mean? Because we've had so many different interpretations of the character over, over the years. And, um, you know, and Elseworld, sto- Elseworld stories with Batman have been done, 
you know, for so long, you know, the earliest Elseworld stories were, were Batman. You know, you go back to, you know, Speeding Bullets, which was just, I think, really well done. I reviewed that for Batman on film a couple of years ago when we we're doing an Elseworld sort of revisit. Um, so it, it's tough, man. I think, and this is where I'm going to give just a little bit of a cheat answer because um, this isn't something that I'm making up on my own and it's been talked about before. I'd like to see a series, you know, put it on the Elseworlds imprint, um, continuing the the Burton Batman universe and what uh, Batman 3 or whatever Burton wanted to call it would have been with him at the helm and then where that could have gone. Um, you know, use the likenesses of the original actors from 89 and 92 and, and kind of continue to build that world out. Um, you know, we know Rene Russo would have been Chase Meridian. You know, we know, you know, uh, Damon Wayans was going to be Robin. So just go with all of that and build it out. Show us the movies we didn't get, you know, when they switched over to Schumacher. Not entirely an original answer, but that's kind of what I'd enjoy reading the most as a fan. That's really, that's really a great take. You know, um, I remember when they, and I don't, I wish I could tell you what the first Elseworlds story was, if it was gotten by Gaslight or something like that. But I remember, I don't know if it was the late eighties or the early nineties when they started them. And I remember thinking at the time, like, that stuff's kind of crazy. But then reading a few of them, they, they were really good. You know, I guess for me, I would like to see something completely out of the box. Like, you, maybe you take one of the great mysteries in real life, which is something like who killed President Kennedy, right? The conspiracy theory. That's cool. And <laughs> That's fantastic. You know, like That's maybe, fantastic. maybe like, you know, like there's an ex-CIA operative because the government was behind it. Maybe the, the mob, the Chicago mob was behind it. All these different stories. And, and someone goes to Batman and he has to work through it and uncover all the corruption. And it could be like a great mob story along with it, along with government espionage and all that. So um, it would be a true Elseworlds story, obviously fiction, but it would be kind of neat to see him operate as a detective, not so much action or whatever, and kind of involve him in something that was a real historical event that happened, kind of take it from there. I mean, that certainly would be, would be Elseworld, right? I mean, that would be kind of crazy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's awesome. Wow. Um, so for me, it's, it's, I'm going to cheat a little bit because it's one they've already done, but they never, I would take it a different angle. So they've, they kind of did it when, um, when Batman dies in final crisis and they do like the battle for the cow and then they're going to do it in Gotham Knights, the video game. But I really would love, and it can be a show, it could be a comic, it could be a film, it could be whatever. Um, I would love a world where Batman is dead and it's just the Bat family, but they all progress. So, like, he's now, he's now dead for five, ten years. and He's not coming back. And now he's not coming right. back. And, like, Grayson's got the cow and – like possibly Jim Gordon's dead. So now Oracle decides to work with the GCPD and revamp it. And Tim is Nightwing now. And I mean, I guess Damien can still be Robin. He can still be Robin <laughs> because I mean, what would be, be, and I want him to still be Robin. Cause what I would think is his actual son and his like kind of adopted ideal son would be the, would be the dynamic do i think that's cool and you could even have mm -hmm. the spin where not only is gotham dealing with it you can have like dialogue in there so i would probably say it should be a comic you could have dialogue in there where like they're interacting with the villains and because the villains are all older there could be new villains too but even the older villains you're seeing like they're dealing with it too like they're they're battling against Two Face, and after they capture him, he's like, "Yeah, it just it's not the same when like you catch me or something yeah. like that." It can be cool, like it can be like I'm disappointed. Or you're wearing the costume, but you're not him. And but but it could be right. a cool psychological thing, like, and then like Alfred would be gone. Like, uh, it would be a completely different Gotham City, and all these characters would be different. And then instead of Dick being when he had the cowl, he's what in the comics, he's always said to be what, like between 25 and 28 or something like that. Yeah, somewhere for him to be like almost 40 as Batman and for Tim to be in his late twenties now. And for, or so I think that could be, 
I think that could be cool. Like an ongoing series. An ongoing series where, like, then we see, okay, then at one point, Grayson's too old, and then the comic will jump, and now Tim's Batman. Yeah. And so that that would be mine, is just to see things keep going. That's cool. It's like, uh, what if deaths actually mattered in comic books? Which is like yes, true yes. Elsewhere, what if right? death mattered? Right. And I would probably have the Joker be dead, too. Yeah. Um, just because... The, the Joker, in my mind... It, he, they would be beneath him. The Joker wouldn't want... <laughs> he would he might take himself, yeah. He might take himself because those all would not be worthy to, to take him down. But Zednik, how about you? What's your Batman Elseworld tale that you would love to put your own stamp on? Well, my Batman Elseworlds tale is not where Batman Beyond just exists. I can promise you all that. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say he was going to do <laughs> Batman Beyond the live-action film. Oh, Jesus. They're so behind on that. It's not even funny. Um... <laughs> Mine is where I would like to see Bruce Wayne as a cop, like a full-on young cop. And I'm thinking okay. like seven here, where Bruce Wayne is like the young cop. Maybe we'll say Commissioner Gordon is, is the older kind of cop looking to retire soon. That kind of trains him, puts him under his wing. And they're investigating the Court of Owls. And the leaders of the Court of Owls are Martha and Thomas Wayne. And Bruce finds out, and he has to make that That's that choice. Cool. Do I bring them down, or do I, like, what do I do? So it, it's kind of like a psychological crime mystery and very seven in Chinatown. That's cool, because is he not Batman then? He, no. He chose to become a cop instead. That's pretty cool. So like, That's pretty my, original. Yeah, I, I, I got to give yeah. it to you, Nikki. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Like two like, I'm speechless. That's is excellent. Like, is like he's not batman to like the very end of the movie so it's like this is this is the crime that ultimately puts him on to becoming batman that's kind of cool wow it's yeah. a cool twist man yeah well you know i'm gonna i'm gonna mail it to matt reeves in, in, a, in a year <laughs> from now so maybe jim lee's listening and uh yeah 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 <laughs> jim, we know you're a big fan if you are yeah, yeah, sure. drop the boys a line i'm sure they'll, they'll get you the rights you guys well, can well, a, a rev share on the back end well, I'll tell you what's funny, guys, and this is something that like we don't think about. I mean, I'm sure that Matt Reeves isn't always on Twitter, but uh, he follows Justin now, so anything Justin tweets out will pop up on Reeves' timeline. So maybe one day he'll he'll see us talking about this and he'll get an idea or something. I don't know. I've heard he, he follows Justin because he likes the sound of his voice. No, Justin's well, we all like it's yeah, it's very voice. apparently it's very soothing. <laughs> To Matt Reeves, and um, it's helping him get through production and filming and uh, and whatnot. So that's a good thing. He should get a role in one of the films. He should. He should get a role. Punk, if he was punk rock bad guy three. There yeah, right. Go. Punk rock bad guy three. <laughs> and he's like, "Who the hell are you?" And right. then Batman yeah. kicks the shit out of him. Uh, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. I think I Justin think. should play Kite Man. Yeah, he loves Kite Man so much. It would be like you know. He does have the voice for Kite Man. I've never heard Kite Man's voice. Well, if you were to watch Harley Quinn and stop being a tool, you know a Kite Man's not. No, I'm, I'm it, just kidding. Quinn, I'm sure. just kidding. All right, Zendik, what's the next question before? All we... right. This is a good one. This one comes from Danielle Flores. Longtime um, fan. Longtime, longtime fan. fan. You are the best, Danielle. I agree. I concur. At Danielle underscore 23 asked, my little brother wants to start getting into comics. So for beginner comic readers, what would you recommend? Great question to throw to Garrett. Yeah, it depends on, it depends on the age, I guess. When you say little, I'm going to guess this is a younger kid. Um, yeah, you know, I, I told you guys I've got an eight-year-old um, and I've been getting him into comics. My wife and I are pretty particular about, you know, what level of violence we expose the boys to at what age and, um, but one comic uh, series that I got is a uh, mini series crossover, um, Batman Adventures and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Sure. sure. It was so much fun and so well done. Um, it's just a blast because it's kind of a continuation of, you know, the animated series continuity with uh, one of the 2000s, I think 2005 um, uh, revamp of the Ninja Turtles. And, you know, there's action and some fighting, but it's not overly done nothing's too scary nothing's too grotesque or graphic it was a really nice in um for my boys because they were aware of ninja turtles and like ninja turtles too so um kind of a, a little bit of a niche title but it was kind of the the right 
um, age appropriate level where it was going to be exciting and it was going to have some fighting and action, but it wasn't going to be over the top and I didn't have to worry about them getting scarred reading it. You know, so that's, that's my answer. Oh, that's a great answer. And I, I would concur that if it's, if it's someone younger, those would be excellent choices. I think if it's somebody, if he's maybe in his, in his teens and keeping in with the tradition of it being Batman day, I don't think there'd be no better way to start than with Batman year one. Absolutely. Um, you know, and we're, and we're sticking with Batman. I mean, there's, sure. there's obviously other heroes and, and other arcs or whatever, but I think that that would be like, if somebody wanted to get into Batman and they were ready to, to take the leap, take the jump into the pool, that that's almost required one-on-one reading for them. Yeah. Um, I, I think if they're younger, kind of like Garrett said, like those are great options and you can kind of find other comics that are kind of drawn and catered to a younger age. But let's say like you're like your mid teens, you're starting to really be able to dive in kind of like I was 13, 14 mm-hmm. or older. I think year one's a great one. Um, if we're going to stick with Batman, that's a good one to get to know him. Um, also, I think a story, some of the popular ones like under the red hood or hush, cause they help kind of show you where the character's at now. And they kind of show you how you got there. Um, I think if you want to get into the flash read flashpoint, cause yeah. I've always said that's the best story to get to know Barry Allen. Um, for, if you want to get into like Spider-Man or the Avengers, I feel like there's a like, like don't do civil war first, but um, I'm sure there's modern stuff you could look at. Um, yeah, that's, that's a hard question because you're right, Garrett, you have to think about what age they are. But you know what though, too, if, if you are, if they are younger and if we get off Batman, I mean, there's nothing better than Spider-Man either. That's and yeah. I mean, you know, you yeah. go back and, and if you take like the the very first omnibus and started issue one, um, those early Spider-Man stories are so geared towards mm-hmm. adolescence and, and preteens and just going through everything kind of because isn't Spider-Man the real kind of the real deal, right? You always say, Nick, what do you always say about He's him? He's the most relatable The most relatable superhero, right? Yeah, accessible. You know, and, it, you know, to kind of continue the thought on, if we're talking other heroes, the other one I'll plug, and I, we were talking about this before we hit the record button, you know, Superman is a close yes. you oh. know, one, 1B to my Batman's 1A. And mm-hmm. uh, John Burns, 1986, The Man of Steel, um, revamp, post-crisis continuity. Mm-hmm. It's an all-ages book. It's not, it's not right. Meant- it's not designed for kids, but kids can read it. Um, it's sort of, to me, uh, it's my favorite of all Superman's origin stories, um, but kids can read it. You know, dudes in their thirties like myself can go back and right. read it. You know, if you're older uh, than me, it's, I mean, it's really any age can read that book and enjoy it. It, it really, um, to me, epitomizes what Superman is. It's, it's, it's action, it's bright, it's colorful, there's thoughtful dialogue, you get to know the character of Clark Kent and Superman, Batman makes an appearance, right? It's, it's got everything you need as a Superman fan that's in there. And there's nothing that would, um, you know, say, you know, hey, if you're, if you're 12, you can't read this. If you're eight, you can't read this. But if you are, you know, 48 or 52, you can still enjoy it. Yeah, that's an excellent choice. That's, that's really solid. That's awesome. That's yeah. a legendary story. I don't think you can go wrong with Superman or Spider-Man either. Yeah. You know, because their stories tend to be um, a little bit less graphic, if you will, than, than some of the Batman mythos that you go down. Right. What about you, Nikki? Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to say, depending on the age, I'm going to say Batman Brave and the Bold. I feel like that can be a good a good startup to kind of get, get you introduced to Batman, teaming up with other heroes. Things like that. If the person is older, like in like if the if Danielle's your brother, if your brother's older, like in his teens, I would say Long Halloween. And then if he's feeling a little more, a little more open to it, obviously Dark Victory is an excellent follow up. So, uh, those would those would be those would be my my suggestions. Great choices. Those are my Batman starter pack for sure. Year one, mm-hmm. Long Halloween, Dark Victory. And then kind of get into some of the newer stuff, Court Owls, you know, it's, it, those are some great options. Beautiful, beautiful. Zenek, how many more we got? I'm curious. Well, let's we, got, we got one more, guys. One more. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. Zach Nicholson. Beautiful human being. Great friend of the show. Great guy. Great father. Um, loves everything. 
Yep. Love him. <laughs> and him at Z John Nichols, and he asks, what are a few DC characters that you would really like to explore more in the comics and source material? Where did you first encounter them? And what draws you to learn more about them? Okay, so somebody that so someone that we want to get into more. Okay. Cool question. Garrett, how about you? You know, I um I've always enjoyed Martian Manhunter. I haven't read a ton of Martian Manhunter specific titles, but um, you know, in the in the nineties Justice League, you know, he's got a big presence there, you know, huge as you talk about like the 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 comic books dealing with Mars and, and um, you know, sort of the Martian wars and all of that. And then I review uh, the justice league comic title um, over at Batman on film. And in one of the arcs um, when Snyder was writing it for a while, um, Martian Manhunter plays a pretty key role. In fact, he's kind of morphed into, you know, not the leader of the team, but sort of like the brain power um, kind of setting the direction of how the team is going to approach challenges. And, um, really, you know, dug into his power set and who, you know, who John is as a, as a character and enjoyed it a lot. Um, so that's one where, you know, you sort of find yourself always going back to the same well, you know, for me, Batman and Superman, because those are your favorites. And when you have limited time, you kind of just stick with the hits, right? But mm-hmm. um, I'd, I'd love to get in some more Martian Manhunter for sure. Do you, um, so you review Justice League uh, every couple of weeks? Yeah, yeah. And BLF. Okay, I got to start checking it out because it's one of the um, the three or four titles that I've been reading. I've I always read Justice League, no matter how many times they reboot it or or rebirth it or uh, New Fifty Two it or whatever. But uh, I've enjoyed this last. Uh, I've enjoyed these issues. Have you Have you liked them? Yeah, you know, I think um, you know after so long, where you know the title was really you know, for years, kind of one ongoing story tied into what Snyder was doing, you know, with the, with the broader DC universe, it was kind of nice when that section of, of the title wrapped up and they went into this sort of three issue, three issue, three issue, and yes. then two issue arcs, because it, yes. it kind of brought me back to this more simplistic time of reading comics when not everything was tied into the major crossover event. And you had right you had writers that could come in with a take on the story and tell, you know, a contained story that they wanted to tell. And, and you get uh, a taste for different artists. I really liked the invasion of the Superman. I thought that was probably mm-hmm. the strongest done of this last section, the, the um, black mercy storyline uh, in the most recent, well, not the most recent, but um, within the last month or so um, I thought was, was strong. You know, I, I'm, I am starting to look forward to them getting into having something a little bit more consistent to say, because right when I'd really be digging what a writer was doing or the artwork, we'd get a creative change, which is a little bit of stop and go. Sure. Um, but you know, there, there's, there's pros and cons to all those things. So I've, I've enjoyed the period that it's in now it's getting into the death metal stuff and it's going to be there for a while. And then we'll see where they go with it after that. But, um, you know, it's DC's premier team book. So how can you not read it if you like these characters? Yeah, I, I've always loved Justice League as always. And I'm, I'm definitely going to check out your reviews all the time. And I agree with you. It's got a little bit of a Bronze Age feel to me when I it first does. started reading it. Because it wasn't, you know, those stories way back then, it was really weird when they did continue on for a couple issues. Because that was almost like, wow, you know. Um, it's not a self-contained story, but it, it has that feel to it. I think I would just like to see the, the members maybe expand a little bit, you know? Um, but having said that, it's good. So I didn't mean to go off on a tangent. So for me, um, with the DC universe, it took us a little while to get to it, but we'd watched the show Swamp Thing. And nice. in all my years of reading comics, I never once paid attention to Swamp Thing. As a matter of fact, the only time I ever really did read anything is when he would team up with Batman in the Brave and the Bold. And for some reason, those issues were not always a favorite of mine, but I loved the show so much. I thought it was so well done. I thought the acting, the writing, even though I know they rushed it and, uh, and kind of for more or less um, maybe ruined it because we were, we were hoping they cut some episodes out or whatever, but I'm going to go back and I, I'm, I don't know, again, if it's on the DC streaming service or not, but I'm definitely going to go back and start with the Bronze Age stuff. I want to I wanna read it. I want to know about, more about the character, the backstory, 
So for me, it, it introduced me to a character who I, I've known about for 40 years or whatnot, but I never gave even like a second look at him. And now I definitely want to explore his universe. And I'm hoping that they do a Justice League Dark series or whatnot, that they develop that. I want to see more Swamp Thing. My wish is that they would have a second season, but again, I'm not so sure that's going to happen. So Swamp Thing would be my choice. Well, yeah, if you if you haven't gone, if you haven't read it, go back and read the Alan Moore run. And Batman that's shows it. up in that. It's, you know, fantastic. It's classic. Is, is it on the streaming? Is it on the, uh, the DC Universe, do you know? I thought it was. I'm not sure because of the way they curated okay. if it's still there, but I think with the change to Infinite, it will definitely be there okay. if it's not now. I, I would have to imagine it is. Well said. Um, for me, and it's, it's, it's funny Zach asked this question because we've actually talked about this. Um, for me, I've had so many people, including Zach, um, who who know me well, who who read comic books, have always told me, that I should read Adam Strange and the Strange Adventures and they and I it sounds like everything I, I would love and I just haven't done it yet. So I'm I'm really um going to try because I, I know uh Tom King just relaunched it back in March, right? I think. Um yeah, the Strange Adventures, right? Um so I that's someone that I think I am going to get into and want to get into and the main reason is because everyone tells me I would love it. And then one day I was just looking it up and, and it's considered amazing. Um, but that's, that's kind of it because I'm so just with me in time and I get overwhelmed easily in terms of comics as my dad. And I was like, I'll go hard for a week and then I need like a week off and et cetera, et cetera. So um, that's like the first one that I would, I would say like, that's, that's the one I really want to get into and dive into more, way more than probably on the same level as I do with all like the mainstream people. Zenik, how about you? Me, it's Dr. Fate. Um, everything from seeing them in Smallville, Superman, the animated series, Justice League Unlimited, Dr. Fate just feels like he's a great character to explore that mystic, that mystical side that of DC um, obviously he can be like DC's version of Dr. Strange. So I'm more, I'm all for giving Dr. Fate some more love. My number two is, and this one's ironic because Mr. Caruso loves him, Hawkman. Oh yeah. I almost oh, said Hawkman. Yeah. Yeah. Hawkman. Hawkman's I, great. yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, I love Hawkman. So, Dr. Fate and Hawkman for me, for sure. Yeah, Hawkman's great. I I just I've it's just he's somebody that I do explore and I do read and and whatnot. So it wouldn't be a new thing for me. But anybody that uh that's looking to read some great stuff, please pick up Hawkman. Lovely. All right, guys, that was uh that was our last question, guys. Some good ones. Yeah. You guys got that some great questions for the show. Yeah, Thanks, that everybody good. that sent them in. Wow. I always I always love when I can get on a show and the questions are really good and engaging and sort of naturally feel like you could talk about them forever. And, um, you know, that's great. Obviously people want to hear us talk about them, but uh, you get some, sometimes you get in some questions where it's like, I don't, this feels like maybe it was a question designed for just the person that asked it. And you can't (laughs) feel like you have, you know, get into a conversation where everybody listening is going to enjoy it. And everybody that came through uh, for this show asked questions. I think, you know, pretty much anyone that's going to listen to your show is going to be able to enjoy and appreciate it. So that's awesome. Lovely. All right, guys. Well, thank you again for everyone that submitted into a question. And I am now going to pass it on to you guys. Is there anything that you guys would like to plug? Did you want to do a Batman memory or not? I will say, why don't we end sure. with this? It's Batman Day. And, and we'll start with Garrett and then we'll go around. What's your favorite Batman memory on this Batman Day, if you have one? Because you know, when Dad talked about it, I earlier like now i want to hear everyone else's so garrett what's yours you know it's it's funny um (laughs) the thing that popped in mind i guess is the just the one i'll go with i've got a million favorite batman memories yeah um and you know some ones from when i was a kid my formative uh time enjoying the character you know watching 66 reruns and having my mom pin a a towel on my back and you know jump around and run around with my dog pretending we were batman and robin (laughs) but um one of my favorites that just came to mind is um, you know, it was, 
gosh, the, the winter of 2009, when I started uh, seeing the woman that would become my wife. And on one of our first dates, we started talking about, you know, kind of get to know you questions. And I, I said, what's your favorite movie? And she goes, I know it's going to sound silly because it just came out and everybody loved it. But The Dark Knight, I think, is that's my favorite so movie. cool. My God, I'm, so- I'm in love with your wife. It's fantastic. <laughs> I said to myself, I said to myself, Garrett, you marry this one. And, uh, you know, <laughs> this is it. and this is uh, it. yeah, and uh, I did. And, you know, it's it's probably not she as we've gotten older and had kids, she started to become like more sensitive to violence and stuff. So it's sure. not something she likes to go back and rewatch anymore because she's just kind of become a sensitive mom over the years but she that's awesome you know her reasoning was just like it's so well acted and Heath Ledger was so good and you really believe in the character of of Batman it's not silly like you know I think the movies she saw with her brother growing up she thought were silly and, and not really designed for her and when she said that I was like I got myself to keep you here so that's one that comes to mind anytime um, I think about like uh, a, a key role that Batman played in my life was me letting it kind of let me know that uh, hey there's something here we, we should stick with this one for a that's while that's awesome man that's a, that's great that's an all-timer yeah that's awesome Garrett. I one I'm so happy for you but two that's an awesome awesome story that's really cool uh Zenik I'm gonna throw it to you because I'm having trouble thinking and I know yours is is a really cool one <laughs> yeah so the the one that comes into my mind and I actually just tweeted out is I haven't, and I'm so embarrassed at this, but I didn't realize I didn't have the Batman must-haves. So I had a sigh of relief the other day because I put all of them together and I finally have collected Year One, Long Halloween, Dark Victory, Hush, and I had Dark Knight Returns, but I put them all like side by side to take a nice picture. And I now realize that I now have something to pass on to my kids should I should I have any so that's my memory and um I'll be short and sweet because I know we're short on time here but um it's just when I saw the dark knight like that's plain and simple that's the one that comes to my mind um so yeah so Zenik that's all I got that's all I got for you let's wrap it up all right yeah let's wrap it up so gentlemen thank you so much again garrett thanks so much again for taking the time to come on here and ask us or answer some questions with us if you want to follow us on twitter uh follow us at vigilante1939 you can go look up our t public store get yourself some masks t-shirts sweatshirts buttons coffee mugs anything you want and if you want to help out the show even more go head over to apple Podcasts and maybe consider leaving us a review so There you go, guys. So for Nico Caruso, Daddy Batman himself, Nicholas Caruso Sr., and Garrett Grubb, my name's Nick Zennick. And as Robert Pattinson's Batman said in the Batman trailer, War Vengeance.